I greet you in the wonderful name of Yahweh, the Father of our Savior and Master, Yeshua Hamashiach. It is my profound privilege to bring the word of Yahweh to you, and I must again say thanks for helping to spread the gospel. We are now studying part two of He Who Dares to Oppose Yeshua, or in other words, we are studying the Antichrist. We finished off with Daniel chapter 7 verse 7 which speaks of the fourth kingdom that is represented by a powerful monster with iron teeth and ten horns. Remember the ten horns represent the ten kings or kingdoms into which pagan Rome was eventually split. You will find that in Daniel 7 verse 24. These ten kingdoms are the same as the ten toes of the image described in Daniel chapter 2 verse 41 to 44. The dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon then, that his kingdom would be succeeded by other kingdoms. But Nebuchadnezzar did not like that, because he was the head of gold on the image. So he decided to build an entire image out of gold. But that did not thwart Yahweh's plans, because Yahweh directs the affairs of man. And he gave us the sure word of prophecy that will show his people or that will tell his people what would come upon the world even unto the end of the world. I highlighted the ten kingdoms into which Rome was divided, and I will recap them. These ten kingdoms are the Visigoths, which represent Spain, Anglo-Saxon, which represent England, Franks, which is France, Alemanni, Germany, the Burgundians, which is Switzerland, the Lombards, which is Italy, Suevi, which is Portugal, Heruli, they were rooted up, Ostrogoths, they were also rooted up, and the Vandals were rooted up, just as was said by Yahweh to his prophet Daniel in the vision. Friends, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 says, Knowing this, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of Yahweh spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Many people have all sorts of negative things to say about this book, the scripture, Yahweh's word. But it will be too late for many when they recognize that Yahweh's word is true and that Yahweh is an Elohim who says what he means and means what he says. I believe in this book. I trust it with my life. It has made a great impact in my life, and that is why I am spreading the gospel all over the world. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 says, Surely Yahweh Elohim does nothing, unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So before Yahweh destroys or corrects or administers punishment, he always sends his word, and that is why we have the sure word of prophecy, that we may know what is coming upon the world. Matthew 24 verse 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness unto all the nations, and then the end will come. We will get back to the word after this. You're listening to Proclaim Gospel, coming to you from Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Your host is Evangelist Joel Gums.
welcome back to Proclaim Gospel. We are studying He Who Dares to Oppose Yeshua. We are studying the Antichrist. And we'll continue now with the Word. What happens next in this prophecy of Daniel chapter 7? Well, verse 8 says, I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. So the little horn power appears next. We must identify it carefully, because the biblical characteristics identify it as the Antichrist of prophecy and history. There must be no mistake in making this identification. There are several clear points that the scripture points out identifying Antichrist. Yahweh's word gives us nine characteristics of the Antichrist in Daniel chapter 7, so we can be certain of his identity. And even though some might find these truths painful, we must be honest enough to accept them as his revealed will. Let me say this, if one goes to the doctor and the doctor tells them that the diagnosis came back that they have cancer, do you think that because the news that the doctor has is bad news for the patient, that the doctor should withhold that news from the person? Also, having given the patient the news, do you think that the patient should be in such denial as to deny what the doctor tells them about having cancer and how they must treat it in order for them to survive? I don't think that anyone who does that would be wise or that they would change the outcome. Likewise, what you are going to learn or hear in this presentation, you may not like to hear it. It may make you uncomfortable, but hyssop is bitter. And David said to Yahweh, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Many times, the bitter things in life are sometimes the best or most times the best for our health. This is your spiritual health. This is your salvation at stake. And I will present the word of Yahweh to you as it is from the scripture. Let's discover the nine points that the scripture identifies the Antichrist with. The first point is, the little horn will come up from among them. That is, among the ten horns that were the kingdoms of Western Europe. So it would be a little kingdom somewhere in Western Europe. The next point, it will have a man at its head who could speak for it. And that is what they call the Pope. Point number three, it would pluck up or uproot three kingdoms. You will find that in Daniel chapter 7 verse 8. It would be different from the other ten kingdoms. Daniel 7 24. It would make war and persecute the saints. Daniel 7, 21 and 25. It would emerge from the pagan Rome empire. The fourth kingdom, Daniel 7, verse 7 and 8. Yahweh's people, the saints, would be given into his hand for a time and a times and half a time. Daniel 7, 25. It would speak great words against or blaspheme Yahweh. In Revelation 13 verse 5, the Bible says, The same power speaks great things and blasphemies. And the final point, It would intend to change times and laws. Daniel 7.25 Don't forget, all these identification points come directly from the scripture. They are not some human opinion or speculations. Historians could tell you quickly what power is being described 
because these points fit only one power, the papacy. But in order to be certain, let us carefully examine all nine points one by one. There must be no room left for doubt because I know many people around the world uh, who are hearing this message or messages like this will have doubts, but it is clear as crystal. It is clear as the noonday sun. This is talking about the papacy. If you don't understand the papacy, it's talking about where the Pope sits in the Vatican. And we continue with identifying the points, uh, taking a closer look at the nine points. It came up among the ten kingdoms of Western Europe. The geographical location of the papal power is in Rome, Italy, in the heart of Western Europe. Many people all over the world knows this. It would have a man at his head who speaks for it. The papacy meets this identifying mark because it does have one man at the head, the Pope, who speaks for it. Three kingdoms were plucked up to make way for the rise of the papacy. The emperors of Western Europe were largely Catholic and supported the papacy. Three Aryan kingdoms, however, did not. They are the Vandals, the Heruli, and the Ostrogoths. So the Catholic emperors decided they must be subdued or destroyed. Here is how theologian and historian Dr. Mervyn Maxwell describes the results in Volume 1, page 129 of his book, Jawikes. The Catholic Emperor Zeno, in 474-491, arranged a treaty with the Ostrogoths in 487, which resulted in the eradication of the kingdom of the Arian Herules in 493. And the Catholic Emperor Justinian in 527 to 565 exterminated the Arian Vandals in 534 and significantly broke the power of the Arian Ostrogoths in 538. Thus were Daniel's three horns, the Herules, the Vandals, and the Ostrogoths plucked up by the roots. So it is not difficult to recognize that the papacy fits this point. Look at the pinpoint accuracy, the clarity of which Yahweh predicted the future. Or not predicted, Yahweh did not predict the future. Yahweh told of what will happen in the future. This is not like man's prediction of the weather and says that a storm will come and the storm doesn't come or that it will rain tomorrow and it does not rain or that it will have sun tomorrow but rain falls. This is Yahweh who is all-knowing, who directs the affairs of men and has his timeline which he is following and he has given us the sure word of prophecy that we, his church, will know what is coming upon the earth. Aren't you glad that Yahweh gave us his word? It continues to say, it will persecute the saints or make war with the saints. That the church did persecute is a well-known fact, and the papacy admits doing so. Historians believe the church destroyed at least 50 million lives over matters of religious conviction. And I shall quote from two sources. 1. That the church of Rome has shed more innocent blood than any other institution that has ever existed among mankind will be questioned by no protestant who has a competent knowledge of history. In other words, no church that broke away from the Catholic Church or Rome will ever deny that Rome persecuted 50 million Christians. 2. In the history of the Inquisition of Spain, Dr. Ivan Antonio 
Lorente provides these figures from the Spanish Inquisition alone. 31,912 persons were condemned and perished in the flames, and 241,450 were condemned to severe penances. Words of care and concern, let me let you know this. Lest anyone should think that I am attacking fellow Christians by identifying the little horn power, please keep in mind that the prophecy is aimed at a system and not individuals. The danger comes about when individuals in this system refuses or ignores what is being told in this presentation or in Yahweh's word. That's the danger. There are sincere, devout Christians in all churches, including the Catholic faith. Daniel 7 is simply a message of judgment and correction upon a large religious institution that compromised with paganism and many other churches have also done. That is the danger. When truth comes to you or truth comes to anyone, they neglect the truth and they are in denial and put their heads in the sand. Prophecy reveals false of all faiths. Other prophecies point out the faults of the Protestant and Jewish faiths. Yahweh has true people in all religions. I have friends who are Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, all sorts of religion. That's not the problem. The problem is the person who refuses and rejects truth. His true people, no matter what their faith, will always humbly accept the correction of Yahweh and will not shut their ears and hearts against him. We should be thankful that Yahweh's word speaks with impartial honesty on every subject. Now let us look at some more important things before I move on. In prophecy, a time is equal to one year, times is equal to two years, and half a time is equal to half a year. And the power will emerge from the fourth kingdom of iron, the pagan Roman Empire. And I will quote two authorities. The mighty Catholic Church was little more than the Roman Empire baptized. You see, the Roman Empire was pagan, and it seemed to have taken on a different cloak, a different identity of being reformed as a Christian. So the mighty Catholic Church was little more than the Roman Empire baptized. The very capital of the old Roman Empire became the capital of the Christian Empire. The office of Pontifex Maximus was continued in that of the Pope. You will know that these are titles of Caesar and these guys back in the days of Christ, Herods and all of them. They just transferred down the line to Pontifex Maximus and instead of saying those old pagan names, they are now saying the Pope. And the Pope is just the same thing in a different form. Whatever Roman elements the barbarians and Arians left came under the protection of the Bishop of Rome who was the chief person there after the emperor's disappearance. The Roman Church pushed itself into the place of the Roman world empire of which it is the actual continuation. Yahweh's people, the saints, would be given into his hand for a time and a times and half a time. I will clarify several things here. I've already said that a time is a year. Times is two years and half a time is half a year. And this is what the Amplified Bible says. Three and one half years. This same time period is mentioned several times in the book of Daniel and Revelation. Daniel 7.25, Daniel 12.7, 1 
Revelation 11 verse 2 and 3, Revelation 12 verse 6 and 14, and Revelation 13 verse 5. Three times as a time, times and half a times. Twice as 42 months and twice as 1,260 days. Based on the 30-day calendar used by the Jews, these time periods are all the same amount of time. Three and a half years equal to 42 months or 1,260 days. My brother and my sister, the word of Yahweh is speaking. One prophetic day equals to one literal year. You will find that in Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 6 and Numbers chapter 14 verse 34. Thus the little horn, Antichrist, was to have power over the saints for 1,260 prophetic days, that is 1,260 literal years. The rule of the papacy began in AD 538, when the last of the three opposing Aryan kingdoms was uprooted. Its rule continued until 1798, when Napoleon's general Berthier took the Pope captive with hopes of destroying both Pope Pius VI and the political power of the papacy. This period of time is an exact fulfillment of the 1,260-year prophecy. The blow was a deadly wound for the papacy, but that wound began to heal and continues to heal today. The study of Revelation chapter 13, The Mark of the Beast, will be upcoming soon, and also of the false church in Revelation chapter 17. This study here is all foundational for you to understand that the scripture can be trusted and Yahweh's word is sure, and what is to come upon the earth in the last days of earth's history. This same period of persecution is mentioned in Matthew 24 verse 21 as the worst period of persecution Yahweh's people experienced. Verse 22 tells us it was so devastating that not one soul would have survived if Yahweh had not shortened it. But Yahweh did shorten it. The persecution ended long before the Pope was taken captive in 1798. It is plain to see that this point likewise fits the papacy. It will also speak pompous words of blasphemy against Yahweh. 1. Claiming to forgive sins, Luke 5.21 and two, claiming to be Yahweh. You can find that in John 10.33. Now we have a lot more that I can say. However, ecclesiastical literature is replete with exhibits of the arrogant, blasphemous claims of the papacy. Typical examples are the following extract from a large encyclopedic work written by a Roman Catholic divine of the 18th century. Listen carefully. Whatever I am telling you, can be back-checked, can be double-checked, can be fact-checked. It is history. This is what the Catholics themselves have penned. The Pope is of so great dignity and so exalted that he is not a mere man, but as it were, Yahweh or God and the Vicar of God. In the Roman Catholic Church, a representative or deputy of a bishop that is what they called the vicar of God. God, Yahweh, does not need a deputy. He doesn't need a deputy. Yahweh is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yahweh the Son is Yahweh with us. Not a weak, mortal, sinful, aged, old man soon to go to his grave. 
How can Yahweh have a sinful man to represent him on earth when he sent his only begotten son, Yeshua, who was full of light and the express image of his father without sin? This is such a blasphemous and pompous statement that only one institution, one organization fits this characteristic. The Pope is crowned with a triple crown as King of Heaven and of Earth and of the lower regions. Brothers and sisters, listen carefully. The Pope is, as it were, God on Earth, sole sovereign of the faithful Christ, chief of kings, having plentitude of power, to whom has been entrusted by the omnipotent God direction not only of the earthly but also of the heavenly kingdom. The Pope is of so great authority and power that he can modify, explain, or interpret divine laws. The Pope can modify divine laws since his power is not of man but of God, and he acts as vicegerent of God upon earth with most ample power of binding and loosing his sheep. Wow! Whatever the Lord God himself and the Redeemer is said to do, that his vicar does, provided that he does nothing contrary to the faith. This is translated from Lucius Ferraris, Papa II, Pompta Bibliotheca, Volume 6, page 25 to 29. Does this fit the papacy? Does what I have just read fit the papacy, the bold, arrogant papacy? I will say yes. Let's look at the evidence for it claiming to forgive sins directly taken from its own literature. Does the priest truly forgive the sins or does he only declare that they are remitted? This is their answer. The priest does really and truly forgive the sins in virtue of the power given to him by Christ. The papacy further undermines Jesus by setting up a system of confession to an earthly priest, thus bypassing Yeshua, our high priest. You can see that in Hebrews 3 verse 1, Hebrews 8 verse 1 and 2, and only mediator which is in 1 Timothy 2 verse 5. Next, consider the evidence for claiming it to be Yahweh or God. It says, We, the popes, hold upon this earth the place of God Almighty. Here is more evidence. The pope is not only the representative of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, but he is Jesus Christ. He is Yeshua Hamashiach himself under the veil of the flesh. Such blasphemy. Brothers and sisters, this is a word of warning to many of you who are still out there in Babylon being drunk, being drunken by the spurious teachings, the wine of Babylon, drinking of the wine, the intoxication of Babylon's lies and teachings and dogmas. It would intend to change times and law. But what about change in law? The Amplified Bible translates law as the law. The reference is to changing Yahweh's law, the Ten Commandments. Of course, no one can really change it. But has the papacy attempted to do so? The answer is yes. In its catechism, the papacy has omitted the second commandment against veneration of images and has shortened the fourth commandment from 94 words to 8 words and divided the 10th commandment into 2 commandments. Check this for yourself. Compare the 10 commandments in any Catholic catechism with God's or Yahweh's list of the commandments in Exodus chapter 20 verse 2 to 17. 
There is no doubt that the little horn power, the Antichrist of Daniel 7, is the papacy. No other organization, brothers and sisters, fits all nine points. And incidentally, this is not a new teaching. Every Protestant reformer, without exception, spoke of the papacy as Antichrist. Wasn't Daniel told to seal up this book until the end of time? You will see that in Daniel 12.4. When will Daniel's prophecies be opened to our understanding? Now, in Daniel 12.4, the prophet was told to seal the book till the end of time. In verse 6, an angelic voice asked, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Verse 7 says, It shall be for a time, times, and half a time. The angel assured Daniel that the section of the book dealing with the end-time prophecies would be opened after the end of the 1,260-year period of papal control, which was, as we learned earlier, 1798. So the time of the end began in the year 1798. As we have seen, the book of Daniel contains crucial messages from heaven for us today. We must understand it. Many Christians today have been misinformed regarding the Antichrist. To believe an untruth about the Antichrist could cause a person to be deceived. What should a person do when the Bible teachings are encountered? These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Acts 17.11 Brothers and sisters, when a new Bible teaching is encountered, the only safe procedure is to compare it carefully with scriptures to see if it is in harmony with Yahweh's word. Are you willing to follow where Yeshua leads, even though it might be painful? Many momentous prophecies from the Bible books of Daniel and Revelation will be featured in upcoming presentations by Proclaim Gospel. Yahweh has given these prophecies to us for these purposes. 1. To reveal earth's closing events. 2. To identify the participants in the final phase of the battle between Yeshua and Satan. 3. To clearly reveal Satan's sinister plans to ensnare and destroy us all. 4. To present the security and love of the judgment. Yahweh's saints will be vindicated. 5. To uplift Yeshua Hamashiach his salvation, his love, his power, his mercy, and his justice. Before I close, you may have thought that the Antichrist is a person, not an organization. Are you wrong? Well, the presentation brought out that the Antichrist is an organization, which is the papacy. The words eyes of a man in Daniel 7 verse 8, however, do point to a leader and that is the Pope, he who sits there at the head of the organization, just like the police commissioner is the head of the police force. Revelation 13 verse 8 speaks of a man with a number being involved, and that is 666. In Daniel chapter 8, Greece is represented by a goat and its leader, Alexander the Great, is symbolized by a horn. The same is true of Antichrist. The organization is the papacy. The Pope in office is its representative. The prophecy of Daniel 7 is not saying that popes are evil and that Catholics are not Christians. There are many warm, loving Catholic Christians. The system, however, 
is called Antichrist because it has attempted to usurp Yeshua's authority and attempted to change his law. And whosoever is found there when Yeshua comes, whomsoever is found in that system promulgating false doctrines and teachings and teaching that Yahweh's law has been changed or removed or repealed, they will suffer the wrath of Yahweh when he shall come. Brothers and sisters, the song says nothing between my soul and the Savior, not of this world's delusive dream. I have renounced all sinful pleasure, Yeshua is mine. There is nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor. Keep the way clear, let nothing between. Nothing between like worldly pleasure, habits of life, though harmless they seem. Must not my heart from him ever sever. He is my all, there is nothing between. Nothing between in many hard trials, though the world against me convene. Watching with prayer and much self-denial, triumph at last with nothing between. Nothing between my soul and the Savior, so that his blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of his favor, keep the way clear, let nothing between. Brothers and sisters, do not let the teachings of man, the commandment or doctrines of man stand between you and the Savior and your soul's salvation. Leave Babylon right now. Leave Babylon, for Babylon is falling, is falling, because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of our fornication. Father in heaven, today your word went forth plain and clear. You have given us a sure word of prophecy, and I believe in your word. You have not left us in darkness, for you have given us your word that we have seen through history of the different nations, the different empires and kingdoms that have come and gone. And we are now down in the toes of the image of King Nebuchadnezzar. The last days, I pray, Father, that many would wake up before it's too late and leave Babylon and recognize that the papacy is the fourth beast that Daniel spoke of that will think to change times and laws. Father, many out there are worshiping you from what they know, a genuine heart, but no truth has come to them and I pray that your spirit will speak to them and bring them out of Babylon before it's too late. Thank you for your word. Thank you, I pray. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In your son's name with thanksgiving, amen. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, you can write us at Proclaim Gospel, P.O. Box 336, Rowtown Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Or you may email us at ProclaimGospelVI at gmail.com. Our telephone number is 1-284-547-4601. If you desire Bible studies or prayer, please contact us. Yahweh bless you.